Deuteronomy says, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might? Do you understand what kind of God you have? Whoa, I wish we could just understand. Maybe just this morning for a fleeting moment for once, we could understand what a mighty, strong, awesome, loving, caring God we have. And then you're going to worship Him forever. Lord, touch our minds. Touch our minds this morning, God, that we can understand what type of God, what wonderful God we serve. Lord, there's so many situations going on even here in this congregation, but God, You are an awesome God. Lord, there is not anything that You can undo that the enemy has attempted to do, Lord. Lord, in our own sight, in our own might, we are so fragile, Lord, and despondent, Lord God, and we become discouraged so quickly. But God, You are an awesome God, and I pray that You would come this morning to set Your people free, Lord Jesus, to let them know, Lord God, they don't have to fret or worry, for they have a God that will battle for them. For they have a God that has already attained the victory, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would sense relief this morning, that the answer is already on its way. God, because they stood their ground and decided to worship You, Lord God. Lord, they made that statement, no matter what, O God. The enemy tells us, Lord, no matter what the world screams in our face, Lord, we are going to be defiant. Lord God, we are going to stand upon that rock. Lord, we are not going to deny the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we are going to worship You forever. Forever. Glory. Lord, let the people know that they are in a battle, God, that the war rages. But, Lord, also let them know that they don't have to be a super saint. Lord, they don't have to memorize the entire Bible. Lord, it isn't anything that we can do. It is everything that you have done, that you have done, Lord God. And I pray that you would help us to understand this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, church. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. I think God's already done His stuff as far as letting us know uh, uh, the path that He wants us to go on. And, uh, and I believe that the Lord in the last few moments of uh, this week was telling me to uh, get on track with Him. <laughs> I had this idea, and God had that idea, and He finally got it through my, my hard head. Um, but this is what I believe the Lord has for you this morning, okay, is He has changed uh, my thoughts to His, which I am most appreciative for. 1 Corinthians 10.13, Scripture that you all know. Probably a lot of you have it highlighted and you even dove into it from time to time, but I don't know if we live it. I don't know if we believe it. So we're asking God to help us believe the Word of God this morning. You understand, we are not faithful. God is. You understand, we are not truthful. God is. You can count on God. The problem is, is you and I look at God as we look at each other. Yeah, you like me now, right now, but what about if I flub up or mess up or can't pay you back or or something, whatever. And, And we look at that way and we think God thinks like that, even though the Word of God tells you that God's ways and your ways are nowhere possible the same. So we're asking you to listen with your spiritual eyes, ears, and heart this morning and not your natural. God says this to you right now. 
to all of you. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You are not in anything extraordinary or worse than anybody else. You're not. No matter how bleak, how horrible, or whatever is going on, God's telling you right now, no, 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 get a grip. This is no worse than anything else that is common. Then he goes, but God is faithful. Your God is faithful this morning. He's faithful. Turn off the natural senses and listen to your spiritual heart that God has given you. Your God is faithful. And he goes on and says, Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? This is your heavenly Father dealing with you. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You understand? There is not one person that God has come across and God has saw him splattered all over life and God went, Oops! I guess I pushed him a little too far. That's not what God does. That is not your heavenly Father. No matter how far you are being pressed out of measure, your God is right there with you who will not let you be tempted above that you are able. He is faithful. Faithful God. And we're going to look at the Word of God and see what God says. The very first one found in uh, Mark 5.25. He goes, and there was a certain woman. We don't even know her name. And it says, which had an issue of blood 12 years. She had a physical bleeding problem for 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Whether it's physical, practical, emotional, economical, that's the way it seems like sometimes no matter what we do, whatever we touch dies, whatever plan we have fails, whatever job we need is given to another, it just seems to get worse. Right? Okay. Everybody else doing having a wonderful life? No? Okay, and the Bible tells us for the life of the flesh is in the blood in Leviticus. So we can make a parallel here. She has this issue of blood, losing blood. She loses life in our things, and uh, in our, our situations in our life that seem to drain the living life out of us. They, they drain everything that we can to try to serve and worship God. I just listened to a message that was talking about, don't let discouragement rob you of your strength. Don't let it. It will if you let it. The enemy comes about like a seeking, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You either got to tell him, beat it, or you let him devour you. So he uses the, the uh, biggest, one of the biggest tools in the enemy's shed is that discouragement. It will bring you to a hopeless, helpless standstill. And then you'll start to doubt Almighty God. That'll happen to you. So you be careful about this discouragement. And this lady is suffering 12 years. 12 years. Now maybe it'll be you. In this verse 27 it says, And when she heard of Jesus. Now, we can sit in church for years and not hear. 
We can sit in church. How many times have you read a certain book in the Bible and never seen what you saw that day? It just jumps out at you, or you're like, man, I never saw that. You run to tell somebody, you're going, I knew that was there for 14 years. It's just something you've never seen before. So all of a sudden, this lady comes across the, um, the, the talk of the town about Jesus in, in this press. She comes and she touches out and reaches to his, uh, to his garment. And the idea on this garment, this very end of the garment, is always like a type of the Word of God. And we know that Jesus, what, is the Word. He is the Word. So by faith, this lady just happened to hear about Jesus, presses through all these people and reaches out by faith. It's possibly I can get help if I just reach out and touch Jesus. Touch the Word. Listen to the Word this morning. Listen to it. Grab a hold of it. Don't let it go even in the midst of the press. And everybody's wanting doctors, reports, finances, things, world, terrorists. Everything's wanting you to let go of the Word. Don't do it. And she didn't. She hung on. And the Bible says, straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. He's still in the healing business today. He is. No matter how whacked out a lot of the gospel is and how crazy they have tried to present and hucksters have tried to sell the healings and bottles and stuff, you push all that junk aside. He still is a healing, miracle-moving, powerful, wonderful, loving, merciful, faithful God today to His people, to you. It's unbelievable what you have. And so you need to just walk in that and continue to trust. And it is by Faith, not by uh, sight or feelings. Luke 13, the second example, says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. 18 years and was bowed together that she could no wise lift up. Just like this. Life has gotten you beaten down forever. She had a physical ailment. But sometimes the weight of life and the disappointments and the discouragements can bow you together to the point where you almost can't even look up anymore. And so here she is, 18 years. And that word bow means to stoop or to be completely overcome. No hope. None. Overcome. Lord, he's been dead four days. And your situations echo that. The psalmist says in 137, the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. The enemy of the people of God came, captured them, ripped them from their homeland, took them to a strange place. And here they were, the psalmist says, here we are by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. We wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive. And that's what discouragement does. Don't hang your harp up. God gave you opportunity this morning to play your harp. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Did you play it? Or did you just look at it up in the willow tree? 
And they're saying, those that brought them captive required of a song. And they wasted us. They wasted us. This is what the enemy wants to do. Waste you. Just absolutely discourage you. Depress you. And waste you. And that's what the enemy does. Even in a, this morning or a service like this, no matter what's going on. The enemy's like, yeah, go ahead, sing. Sing that. And that's when I said you should spit in the enemy's face. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. I'm serious. Have you ever spit in the enemy's face? Cool. Then get some more spit. He'll be back. Psalms 55.5 says, Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overcome me overwhelmed me. It happens to us. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm trying to say it does happen. But there's always a but. Even in that lady with 18 years, verse 12, it says, And when Jesus saw her and called her to him, said unto him, Woman, thou art loosed. And bingo! 18 years was gone, was over. History. Hopelessness turned into glorious hope. Unbelievableness turned into belief. Hopelessness. Woman! Situation! Thou art loose! She didn't do nothing. It was just God. It was just the Lord and His mercy towards His people. Anything the enemy can do to me, my God can undo. Anything. Psalm 61, 2 says, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This is what you got to do. Not the rolling rock. The rock. Who knows what rolling rock is? Well, not too many old boozers here, I guess. Rolling Rock is a beer made from NPA, I think. Maybe that's the problem. Psalms 27.5 says, For in a time of trouble, you in trouble? For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In our natural thinking, when we are in trouble, we think we're all alone. God, what do you expect me to do? I'm overwhelmed. Where are you? You, you. God, 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 God. And the Word of God says that He sees you in the time of trouble and He picks you up and He takes you to His secret pavilion. Here you are. And yet your natural senses, your natural ability, you think you're all alone, 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 alone. When you're actually closer to God than you've ever been in your life. Closer to God. That's why we get so many doggone testimonies about when everything was so bleak, when everything was so horrible. When the doctor told me that, when they said this, when they said my job was gone, and then you sought God, you saw so much more of God ever in your life. When you back, when God usually comes to your rescue, and He sets you back and gives you good feet and a good job and all that stuff, then you start thinking, yeah, I'm going pretty good. That's when we're farther away from God. 
But we think it's the other way around in our, in our natural thinking. <clears throat> Maybe even the enemy of your soul has surrounded you on every side. You ever felt like that? Well, we're going to turn to the Word of God. Second Kings 6 tells us this. Then the king of Syria warned against his ward against Israel, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such a such a place shall be my camp. <clears throat> and the men of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware, thou hast passed not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, saved himself there not once or twice. Here is a man of God doing the work of God, speaking things of God in life into a person. There's the enemy that's wanting to kill this person that the man of God's speaking to, and he keeps delivering him with the Word of God. Then the evil people who can't find a guy they want to kill turn their attention to the man of God. And they said, surround him and squash him like a bug. And they did. <clears throat> verse, let's see, verse 14. He finds out where this man of God is. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots. Now look, this is one guy. One guy. One person trying to do work for God. And the enemy sends horses, chariots, and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. See, he's got to stop just being stories. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, master, what shall we do? You can finish the story. But have you ever lived it and walked it and believed it? <clears throat> and he answered, Fear not. Do you believe this? Those of you who are in those unbelievable situations, and those of you right now thinking, Whew, I'm glad I'm not. You will be. It's just the way it is. There's a bogus gospel going on saying Christians shouldn't suffer. Bogus. Baloney. Garbage. I don't want to suffer. But I'm not going to lie that it's not truth. <clears throat> he answered, Fear not, for they that be with you are more than they that be with them. This guy had the same problem you do. We're going, huh? you got to be kidding me. I'm all alone. Don't even know that you're in a secret pavilion of God because you're walking by natural senses, the natural man, instead of walking by the Word of God that speaks to the spiritual man. And the natural man that comes out and sees this great host is going, oh, for the love of Mike. And then the man of God comes out and says, what's up? There's more to be with us than them. And anybody that walks in that kind of belief and faith in God, you and I usually respond like, yeah. you know, or that T-shirt, I'm with stupid. I mean, seriously, do we? I mean, we, we almost, what? I mean, get real. Well, he's probably more real than you and I. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. That's what you need to have happen this morning. You need to have the eyes of your heart open that you truly can see God. Because in the natural, we start to get feeble again. Peter said, come! And Peter walked on the water. Just by the Word of God, he walked on the tremendous waves until what? 
walking on water, looking at Jesus, until what? He took his eyes off of the Lord. Took his eyes off and immediately went to the natural and went, Oh my goodness! And started to sing, Save me! And the Lord still did. He didn't go, No, you dope. Forget it. I told you not to look. He saved them. That's what we do. That's what we do. Open the eyes of this young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Round about. Romans 8.31 says this, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I mean, do you put the economy equal with God? I mean, whatever situation in your life, no matter what it is, you put it equal with God? Well, pretty much times we do, yeah, we kind of... Then you need to go back in the presence of God. You need to get a hold of God. Second Chronicles 32.8 says, With Him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. You understand that? To fight our battles. He does it. Now, you might go through the motions... You might be going, and if you turn around and say, man, I'm really good, look at me, then you've missed it. It's God's hand on your hand going, God says, I'll fight your battles. But God lets you walk through. He doesn't give you a hammock. He doesn't give you a hammock and lemonade until I'll come back and tell you how it went. you got to go through it. And trust and believe by faith He's there with you, beside you. Just like the Word of God says. That's the way it is with God. Bible also tells us this. No weapon that is formed against thee shall... No weapon. No weapon. Well, does God know the enemy just came up with this? God knows everything. No weapon that is formed or fashioned against thee shall proper... This word weapon means artillery and big guns. I was just talking to a young man. I'm saying, you understand you're at the age where the enemy now is getting his big guns on you. We're no longer a boy. You're not quite a man. And your body's changing. You're thinking for yourself. And, and all of a sudden the enemy goes, boom. And God says, none of those. As absolutely none. The only reason why 8 out of 10 of our college kids go back to the world is because they want to. They want to. Because God says, no weapon. 8 out of 10 is not going to stand before God and says, you didn't know, man, he had this unbelievable secret stealth weapon. And God's going to look at you and say, I didn't know. No weapon shall form that, is, that will prosper. That Whatever the enemy, whatever your weak areas are, God got your back. When obedient, we are invincible. You understand? When obedient, you can't lose. When a play fails, there's 11 guys, probably the, the best idea is with 11 guys on a football team, and they got this one play where the center's got to hike it to the quarterback, the center's got to 
block that guy this way. The guard's got to pull and leave his man alone and run this way. Someone else got to ding that guy. The quarterback at the same time has got to go like this. The running back's got to go to the left. The wide receiver's got to come back and crack somebody. Everybody's got to do it right. And the play works. And when someone isn't paying attention, hike! And the play's going on. His guy takes off. Goes, Ooh, and he tries to catch him, and he's buried the guy with the ball. When we're obedient to God, it works. It works. Do you understand? It doesn't mean there's not going to be any fire or any rivers or floods. It doesn't mean that. When you walk and you're obedient to God and you're in the flood and you're going down and down and down, you you stay obedient to God. You'll come up and up. You will. You will. Deuteronomy tells us this, there shall no man be able to stand before you. Man, I just saw this. That was a financial institution commercial. But I never saw it before and wondered, what the heck was going on? This dude is running around the big city. And all of a sudden, he runs out into the city, and everybody's a mannequin. They're fake. Have you seen a commercial? And he, in his huge, big buildings, um, he'll, he'll run to the door, and it's not a door. It just looks like a door. And then, like the subway, the steps go down. So he he goes to run down the subway, but he doesn't go down. It's all fake. It's all absolutely fake. Of course, until he comes to the right financial institution. And they go, can we help you? So what I'm talking about is there is nothing. The world can look impressive. Do you understand? It can look impressive. It's fake. It's Fake. Absolutely fake. We went to L.A. a few times. Ruth went more, so she's told me all the stories. And um, what was one of them? Jaws. Remember Jaws that ruined everybody to go into the ocean for life? No one goes into the ocean for life. Well, the ocean in Jaws is about this big. And it's maybe three feet, and you can walk through it like this. They just got some big blue thing that makes it look like this massive ocean. It's fake. The uh, Seinfeld and, and some other movie thing that friends always walk through the Central Park of New York. They're doing this in L.A. They didn't fly to New York and walk through the park. They had a strip of grass, maybe five feet wide, eight feet long. That's, that's what they did. They would run like this. Cut! You come back here and run like this. Cut! Do that 50 times so you think he's going. It's all fake! Smoke and mirrors! And that's what the enemy does to get us from believing the truth. And so he does it all the time and he uses it. And it's absolutely fake. I hope you see the commercial. And I hope God brings us back to you and says, this is what you're trusting in, the world, the worldly system. It's fake. The natural man has fallen. You must learn to walk by the Spirit of God, 
No weapon, God says. The Bible says this, The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee. Remember, now listen, it didn't say God will cause you to have no enemies. You have a bull cherries all the time. You have a green thumb, silver spoon in your mouth. Everybody loves you. It's not what this, you see, it says the Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up. They will rise up against thee. But God says, I will smite them before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Now, maybe you haven't seen the end result yet. So, you continue to walk by faith, believing God, trusting God, and let God do the rest. Joshua 1 5 says, There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I don't care what you feel like, I don't care what you think right now. That's the battle, that's the war. That's where you got to say, I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Even if you're going like this, I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. Do you understand? (laughs) Remember Paul standing up in the ship? Be of good cheer. The ship's going... Joshua 21.44 says, The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. Almighty God can undo anything. There was a point in time. What time is it? Plenty of time. The word battle shows up 170 times in the Word of God. 170 times it talks about battle. Okay, this is the part I wanted to read to you. Second Chronicles 20, it's going to be maybe 13 verses, but follow and listen and ask God to help you. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them others beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Okay, look, the enemy always has a cabillion people, and you have you. It's always that way, okay? That's just the way it is. You're never going to be ten on ten. It's going to be 10 for them, 1 for you. million for them, 100 for you. A billion for them, 25 for you. It's just the way it is. And you understand why that is. I listened to a message when a guy said, Why does there have to be giants in the land? We told you why. Because if there wasn't, you would walk in your own strength, thinking you can take the guy. But God always puts you in a situation where you know it's impossible. So when it's done... You will glorify God. That's why there's always giants. That's why you always look like the grasshopper. Well, you don't know it, but you're one bad grasshopper. You are with God. Yeah. Verse 2 says, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There's always those that whisper in your ears. Okay? If you have to have a surgery, they're always those going to look you up and say, I know eight people that died from that surgery. You have my permission to go, shut up. We'll get the ushers to hold them for you. I'm serious. We kill each other, don't we? Even unintentionally. Just, man, don't say that. What's the matter with you? 
So there's always those that come and says, Here comes a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea. Other side of Syria and beyond. They be in, uh, well, you can pronounce that, has a Tamar, which is in whatever. They say they're so big and they're coming from beyond the sea and they're coming for you. And I always get, thank God I'm not a pastor. That's what I hear all the time. I'm glad, or I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're the pastor. And they say that because they heard the great host is coming. And we're like, whoo, I'm glad you're the pastor. And this is what we do to each other. And this is what I do, just like Jehoshaphat. Verse 3, and he feared. You ever been taught to have to fear? Oh, my gosh, heck no. No. Oh, jeez. Yes, two days ago, I thought I left my cell phone in my truck. And my battery doesn't last long, so i got to plug it in every night. So it's nine, I don't know what time it is, 11 o'clock at night or something, I don't know. And so I go out, and ah, 15 feet away from me, there's a skunk who likes to eat bird seed around where our bird seeder is. And I'm like, oh, jeez. And... So I went around them, and I'm in the garage, and so I said, I'll just scare the thing. So I'm in the garage. Wait. I'm in the garage. I'm not scared. And I press the garage door. Make it go up and down four or five times, figuring that thing will freak, and he's gone. Okay? It's the truth. This is the truth. It just happened. I wish you could have been there. (laughs) So garage door's down. My phone's not in the truck. I open the door, and there he is. I went, oh! <laughs> was, no one had to teach me. It was just in there. Instantly I feared. <laughs> so, it's 1130 at night. And he took off and ran under our porch where I need to go up the steps. This is what I had. All I had was a flashlight and a potato. <laughs> But I wasn't looking for him. I just didn't want to see him. I was afraid. (laughs) Joshua feared or Jehoshaphat instantly. (laughs) I'm wearing black and white in honor of the. Oh, I bust out laughing myself after it was over. But listen, Joshua or Jehoshaphat instantly feared. That's in us. It, it just happens. It grips us. Situations. And there's, oh, man, it can just paralyze you. Fear can absolutely paralyze you. <laughs> Make a grown man look like a baby. And I didn't care if you saw me either. <laughs> so it says, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? It's okay to pray like this. And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? He's fearful. He's reminding God how great he is. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave us to thy seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? 
as if he's jogging the memory of God, and God's going to say, oh, yeah, I do remember that. It's all right. When we get fearful and we pray, what's cool is that he went to God and prayed. And they dwelt therein and have built this sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children. He's finally getting to his point. Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade. You remember, God? You told us not to invade them. Now look. Almost telling God he kind of made a blunder there. When they came up out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God! There's always those that say, you always got to have a positive confession. Always have a positive... Ah, bunk! Shut up! That's not real! It's not life! Listen what he says. Wilt thou not judge them? We have no might. I'm not ashamed to say that. Because you understand, without God, what can I do? Now, how, so, how much might does it take to do nothing? None. None. Do you understand... All that you've accomplished in life is because God. All that you have in life is because of God. The reason why you can think is God, see is God, breathe is God. The reason why your hair is God. The reason why your understanding is God. The reason why, 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 why is God, God, God. It's not you. You're not just together. We have no might against this great company that comes against us. No, look, a church of 300, what kind of might do we have <clears throat> the way he was praying against the world, against the current administration, against everything they want to do, everything they want to take away from us, everything they want to cost. What might do we have? Well, neither know we what to do. That's another one. Um, we was talking about Always oh, playing cornhole at a, a security team picnic. And the guys, you just have to adjust first. And the first 20 throws were short. You know, I'm not even hitting the board. And <clears throat> we're calling them out, you bunch of Marys. <laughs> and most of them kind of didn't know what we are talking about. <clears throat> and I said, you remember the movie, the German sub that they had to capture and um, U571 or something, and they were running through the sub, and they finally captured it, but there was a whole bunch of Germans missing, and they finally went through the last door, and all the Germans were sitting there in the back going, Ooh, and the guy goes, yeah, you bunch of Marys. And they went, yeah, 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 but someone said, oh, my favorite quote was when they told the captain, Captain, you never tell the crew you don't know what to do. <laughs> And I started laughing. What's my favorite answer? There you go. That's the kind of captain you have. Yeah, 
because the real captain tells us what to do. And there are many times I say, hey, captain, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I do. And, and so he goes to them and says, neither know we what to do. Here's the answer. But our eyes are upon thee. Everything is coming down against you, okay? For the kids look to mommy, and then mommy looks to dad, and dad's feeling it. He said, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Don't stop there. You keep your eyes on God. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. You know what's going to happen? Guys, sooner or later, your wife's going to start singing with you. I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship. If we go down, we're going down together. Absolutely. Sometimes, and it goes on, it says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And sometimes that's all you can do. You just stand before God. That's it. That song is killing me. Here I am. That's it. I bring nothing, God. I bring no talent. I bring no money. I bring nothing, God. But here I am, worshiping you. The second line, I think, is, With all I am, I'm worshiping you. The third is submission, bowing down in spirit and truth. Surrender, lifting hands, worshiping you. That is powerful. Absolutely powerful. And no matter how deep you go, how far you got to go, God will not let you drown. He will not let you drown. He won't. You can count on Him. Now, here's what you got to do. I'm going to give you one more scripture, and then we'll get Michael and the gang back up here. Nobody can do this for you. You got to do it yourself. You just have to. I mean, you can, you can read books on rebuilding a motor, okay, all you want. Uh, you can read books on weaving baskets like a lot of you have. Whatever it is, sooner or later, you've got to do what? You've got to do it. You've got to absolutely do it. In the military, we had dry fire, I think they called it. We went and we all suited up, marched, ran, hollered, and did all that stuff they tell you to do. And, hey, fire! And we have no bullets. Just go click. But sooner or later, they had to give us the real bullets. And God will do that. Same, almost the same. You have to go through certain areas, certain situations, certain temptations, times of it seems like you're abandoned so that you can walk solely and completely on the Word of God. That's it. I had another message planned for <clears throat> this morning, but we're going to put it on hold. But it had to do with kind of like hothouse Christians. And 
a lot of you guys are probably farmers, and maybe some of you have hot houses, you know, where you grow, everything is perfect. And they can grow tomatoes in the winter, you know, while everything's dead. They've got this stuff, everything, automatic sprinkler, climate control, everything is perfect. And that's what we want. That's how we want to serve God. Everything perfect. Keep me in this hot house. As soon as it's out of the hot house into 16 below, like last February, and there's times in your life where God will say, okay, you're, you're ready for the big world. You're ready for the test. And out you go. And you're either going to do this or you're going to do... One of the young teens was waiting on a table, first time ever, <clears throat> and uh, was coming back telling me, these people are mean, they're mean. <laughs> Actually, I sung her a song, is what I did, but somebody was standing by her and said, um, maybe that's a test from God. And so I looked at the young girl and I said, did you pass? And she went, mm. and I said, well, guess what? You're going to have another test. And they do. They, they, they come in different forms. But listen, Second Chronicles 20 says this, And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, the one who feared, and said, God, we don't even know what to do. And God says, Hearken unto me. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid. Are you listening? Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but who? That's where you're at. Do you believe that this morning? Do you absolutely believe that that is God's word? no matter what situation. Remember the other gospel that we talked about? <clears throat> yeah, but... Remember the yeah, but gospel? That's not a gospel. This is. So I want you to stand. First... Hezekiah got these evil letters from the enemy. Hezekiah went to the altar of the Lord. What did he do? He spread them out before the Lord. And he says, God, look, look what they're saying. Look what they're going to do. And so that, that's our altar call. I want you to come before the Lord and spread out on the altar that great multitude that's coming up by the sea, spread out on the altar saying, God, neither do I know what to do. Spread it out on the altar. Show God. They're saying this. They're saying that. This is happening. God, this just happened. Lord, this is supposed to happen. Spread it out on the altar. 